Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. I'm your host, Brian Sand. Hope you guys are doing good. It's a ugly, rainy, humid, non-fall-like fall day. The deer probably ain't moving. The fish probably ain't biting. So it might be one of these ugly days. Who knows? We're going to find out. We're going to find out right now because we're going to go to Brad Whitehead. And if anybody knows what the fish are doing, this is the guy. Brad, what's going on, brother? Man, we are uh, sitting in about 70 degrees up here in North Alabama. I'm sitting in a pair of flip-flop shorts and a T-shirt. It is not a typical November day. We have been... It's just been different. You know, we've got leaves laying everywhere. Beautiful fall colors. Right. But, you know, it's just kind of weird looking at it with shorts and a t-shirt on. <laughs> yeah. It's so, like, good gracious, man. I mean, only in Alabama, right? Hey, it could be 30 degrees when I wake up in the morning. So we just never, you know, if you don't like the weather in Alabama, just stay here about three days. And one out of three days, you'll like. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's coming. It'll change. It'll change. It sure will. Well, man, let's talk about the fishing a little bit. I know you've been going, and last time we heard from you, I think you had caught 28 smallmouth on 28 consecutive casts. Been dying well, to get you back on here to see what's going on. Well, that was at the highest of highs. Now we're kind of getting close to the lowest of lows. You know, prime time, Pickwick Lake, smallmouth fishing, live bait, the guides that do the live bait trips, man, they're Normally right now, we're burning it up. I'm talking uh, 30 to 50 smallmouth a day. You got a chance of catching your best, personal best, five, six-pound fish. And what has happened, they've having some, now this is hearsay, they're having some issues with some of the turbines that actually generates water. So what they're having to do is crack the spillways and let water through to keep up with the different lakes. And is it, you know, anybody in this area, or if you're not from this area, we've got a, a series of, of lakes that fluctuate in the winter, meaning they got to keep everything stable when it's, when the water is running from, I guess it'd be considered the Appalachian Mountains all the way down to Pickwick, and then even into Kentucky Lake, you've got to keep the levels straight on all the lakes. So if you have an issue with one of the dams, They've got to elevate that water or either bring it up or down to make sure the community's safe and everything keeps normal. So we're experiencing some different flow in the water. The other day I had a trip. The water dropped on me 17 inches. Now think about that. If you've got, you know, sitting in four foot of water and 17 inches disappears, that fish is going to move off that piece of structure. And these fish are in transition where... A week ago, they were in shallow water. Now they're in that in-between, and it's really hard to target. On a normal day of live bait fishing, we might move five to six times. Now we're having to move 10 to 20 times to try to find an active fish that won't spike. I always hear you start to show the good, the bad, the ugly. Right now, we're kind of sitting in an ugly position. So I'm hoping if we get a major cold front from what I saw last night, They've got highs of like 21 out west, northwest. That front pushes through here and gets the temperatures down, brings the water temperature down. I'm hoping it'll stabilize these fish. You just kind of have to deal with the cards that you got. I I suppose I had a trip today. The guy was local, 
We had a trip the exact same date last year, and we had five fish that probably weighed close to 25 pounds. Good gracious. Now, we might have good – oh, yes. We might have five fish today that maybe only got, went 10 pounds, the way the, the flow of the water and the weather. This time last year, you get up, you'd have to have on insulated underwear, blue jeans, T-shirt, long-sleeve shirt, and bibs to make it throughout the day. Well, now, like I said, I'm sitting in shorts and T-shirts. So, oh man, people say, "Oh, it, it don't matter." Well, it, yeah, it, it does. does. You it know, does. it definitely does. Well, what about our, the the smallmouth? Obviously, are are shut down right now. And like you said, I, the one thing we do know is is a cold front will be back through here very quickly. It may warm back up right behind it again, but there'll be a cold front. Of course, right now we got another tropical storm headed this direction, so we may get a whole bunch of extra water again. But it will get better, and uh, and, the, and the water will eventually cool off, and oh, that bite will get back on. Yeah. Well, the great thing about this, usually we shut down at Thanksgiving simply because the water temperature gets below 52 degrees. Once it gets below 51 to 52 degrees, these fish metabolism starts to slow down, and they don't feed all through the day. Now, you can still catch some throughout the day, but it's not that aggressive. You know, I'm feeding up for winter bite. So here's my two cents for if you're coming in in the next couple of days. We've got a big Bass Nation tournament in championship starting today. We'll go through Friday or Saturday. And then after that, I believe we're pretty clear on, on big tournaments. But if you're coming in, two or three things to be aware of. A is the dropping of the water. Uh, the water can drop up to two foot in a day. If you're up close to the dam, be aware of that. Second thing is, if you're not going to target the smallmouth, there's still a lot of fish in the grass. You know, we've got a lot of grass toward the west end, the thick quick frog bite on this kind of weather still good, punching that grass, the edge of the grass. Go target largemouth. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you something that is amazing that we are catching right now. I am so excited. I'm tickled to death that this is happening, is the sauger bite. The what? We have not seen saugers. The sauger they are uh, a species like a walleye, but they're called saugers. Yeah. We call them jacks up here. They are making a huge comeback. I mean, I know one guy that caught six the other day. I haven't caught six in one day in 15 to 18 years. The sauger is basically a walleye, isn't it? It is now. It's or, uh, they don't, The sauger don't get as big as a walleye. Do we have, I was reading something the other day that was talking about walleye being in some of the northern Alabama lakes, like real, well, for real, for real walleye. But I'm like, yeah, I think they're talking about the sauger, but I, maybe there is. Well, let me tell you about, it's probably been close to 18 years ago. We were actually sauger fishing. I had a game, well, he's a game board now out of Montgomery. He actually caught the first walleye that I had ever seen around here. It was close to four pounds. He actually thought he had a small mouth because he had never caught one himself. And when I netted the fish, we were in shock. We wanted to ride it around like a deer and, and show everybody. Right. You know, but used to, you could catch, you know, I remember going out in the mornings, my granddad's taking me, and you could catch your lemon of sauger by, by lunch, you know, just a simple bump on the bottom, grub, minna. You know, they make these big hair jigs, these one-ounce or three-quarter to one-ounce hair jigs. You just vertical jig them. But these guides are catching them now on live bait. And it, it's been the biggest can. comeback, I think. A trophy sauger 
I would say is probably 20 inches, maybe 21 to 22 inches. It is by far the best eating fish in freshwater. That's coming from a crappie camp here too. I got, I'm telling you, I will put a plate of sauger up against a plate of crappie any wow. given day. It's amazing. Now, are they, are they mainly just a fish that is more exclusive to Pickwick? Uh, are they are, are they on some of the other surrounding lakes up there as well? You see more come out of Pickwick. Okay. The deal was when I was a teenager, and guys still do it. They do it at Gunnersville. They, they have a – I haven't seen the pictures come back on Gunnersville, but as I was growing up below Wilson Dam, you could go – on a cold, it had to be cold, night about 10 o'clock and, and fish till about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning to catch your saugers. A lot of people did that. First one I ever caught, I caught it at night. I can't tell you why, but they seem to feed at night. A lot of times you would catch saugers around freshwater springs. Pickwick's full of springs. And in the summertime, if you were bass fishing through a worm or a jig in a spot, you caught a sauger then you knew you were around the freshwater spring. There's a freshwater spring that we fish in the summertime like that, during the like that cooler water. Yes. Nathan caught like three on a, um, you know, a deep diving crankbait. So I go back and try to catch some with a grub in a minute, and I didn't, I didn't get a bite. They're a specialty fish that's just unbelievable. You know, you, you, if you can go out and catch a, uh, a lemon of sauger, you that's are awesome. the man up here. That is awesome. Okay. I'm glad to hear they're making a big comeback. This. You know, we have the guy on uh, in, in the Mobile Delta, Captain Wayne Miller down there, and that's the one thing that I'm always a little jealous of those guys about because there's so many species of fish that they can fish for. Man, so anytime we get another species making a big comeback and doing well in, in the northern lakes, it, it adds some excitement because you're like, okay, if the smallmouth ain't biting, I can go catch sauger. If the sauger ain't, I'll catch crappie. If the crappie ain't, I'll catch largemouth or spot. It yeah. makes it pretty cool. It does, and I didn't ever think about it as before I had kids, but, you know, there's a lot of species that my sons are seeing freshwater perch, a real perch. You know, he had never seen one of those till a couple of years ago, and he caught a freshwater perch. Those are also kind of like a sauger. You don't catch a couple of handfuls of them in a lifetime. These guys at the wildlife fisheries in Alabama, I know that the way they set their regulations, you're really starting to see come back with different things. The guys we've got here in Alabama are some of the best in-touch guys. They're always asking the, the hunters, the fishermen, hey, what can we do to make this state better? And to me, that's what you're supposed to do. You work with these agencies and give them a true feedback of what you're doing on the water or the woods. It's good for everybody. Well, I so, tell you, there is uh, the, the guy that's over the, the state for Alabama Wildlife and and fisheries is a guy I've known most of my life because we all both grew up in West Alabama uh, around the Namapas area. But Chuck is uh, Chuck Sykes is the perfect guy for this, and he is doing an incredible job with it. But man, this is a guy who he is passionate about the animals and the fish in the state of Alabama, and he is all business let me tell you something he's doing a great I've heard the same great thing. job yeah he's a super jam yeah. guy so you don't supposed to know this but i i'm trying to coast him into coming up here on pickwick i kind of have a have a small contact that he sees quite often in montgomery i told that contact i said hey we need to get him in north alabama 
I want him to catch a big smallmouth. We need him on Pickwick. I want him to see this area. And you know, before the year's over with, I might, I might be able to pull that off. So now that I know you and him are friends, you might have to make a phone call for me. Now. Uh, six and I six and three, man. <laughs> I can make a phone. I can make a phone call or at least line that up. Well, man, I appreciate you, Brad, and we'll try to do that, buddy. If somebody wants to come up to Pickwick, like you said, it's it's it's, it's good, bad, and ugly. And right now, it's kind of ugly, but. How do they need to get up with you to come book a trip? No doubt. Old school way. Just give me a call at 256-483-0834. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. You can send me a message if you're coming up here and don't need a guide. Maybe need just a little information to get you going. Give me a call. Shoot me a text, and we'll make it happen. You are the man, brother. We love you being on here, man. I appreciate you. And uh, let's let's uh, contact me later on. We'll see if we can get old Chuck up there and get in the boat with you. And I need to. I may come with him and get him to stop through here on his way from Montgomery and pick me up. You got it, bud. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thank you, brother. Man, we always appreciate Brad being on here. He does an incredible job. And uh sounds like a little bit of a struggle going on in Pickwick like right now with uh, a lot of the weather changes and water changes that are having on up there. But let's leave North Alabama and let's head to my favorite place in the world. Let's go to Auburn and talk with Tucker. Tucker, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Well, Man, for those of you who don't know Tucker, I feel like all of you will at some point when we watch his career just continue to develop. But Tucker Smith, well, I'm going to let you tell him what you just got through doing up in Kentucky Lake. Well, a few weeks ago, we won the high school national championship at Kentucky Lake. It was actually my third year in a row to win it, but I fished with a different partner this year. Now, I don't know if y'all picked that up. The young man just said he won the national championship for high school fishing three consecutive years in a row. You know, you make him look at that thing and go, okay, well, he won it the first year. He got lucky the second year. But if you do it three times in, in a row, brother, you just good. I appreciate that. That's all there is to it. So through winning these national championships and doing as good as you did, you have ended up being able to go to the next level. You're now fishing for Auburn University, right? Yes, sir. I'm fishing for Auburn. We actually had our first college tournament Sunday, and we got fourth in it, so not too bad. That's awesome. Where was it at? Is that Wheeler. Good deal, man. Good deal. Well, yeah. I'm glad. That I know that there was, and we had Jordan on here a couple times that's on the team yeah, with you, and I know that this COVID thing really, really was a bad deal for you guys and what y'all were allowed to do. And, of course, I've got my own opinion about that and think that it was absolutely ridiculous that y'all were not allowed to fish in tournaments. But it is what it is, and we all face challenges, right? Oh, yeah. I've actually got a funny story about fishing at Wheeler. I had just gotten back. I was fishing Saturday in texas i had an all-american high school tournament they got laid over because of covid so i had to fish that on saturday and we flew all the way back to birmingham i got zero sleep and had to just drive to wheeler the next morning and fish so i thought that was pretty crazy oh my god that's awful (laughs) good gracious well let's talk about wheeler what were the fish doing up there i mean how were you guys tell us about the fishing and kind of your approach and how you were catching fish? Kind of around where I live on the Coosa River, I'm, I fish current a lot. So I'm kind of current oriented. 
But I like current, and I know that Wheeler has some current. It's right under Gunnersville, so there wasn't as much current down the lake, so we decided to go up the lake. Uh, I had never been there before. We went up the lake, and, you know, everything in the current makes more sense to me. I don't know why. I just Fish just set up better to me in current than they do where there's no current. You can kind of pinpoint where a fish is going to be with current breaks and stuff like that. So we went up the river and threw a swim bait and a, a jig on current breaks and ended up catching our weight doing that. We were right by the winners of the tournament actually the whole day, so we weren't too far away from the winning fish, which is upsetting, but we still had a good time. Hey, that's great, man. And fourth, fourth for the first tournament of the year is still strong. When, when you're – and educate me a little bit. So when you're like your own wheeler – and you're like, you know, there's not much current. Let's go up and find some current. I mean, obviously you fish current your whole life. How do you know when enough current is enough current? Was it that there was just absolutely no current on the south where you were to start with? Or were you looking at it going, it's not enough current? How do you determine that? I'd say not enough current. I like to be able to see it moving. That's kind of the way I like it. But up that river, you can see the current moving. And a lot of times when the water's pulling that hard, you know, it's going to pull those fish behind a rock or behind a seam or something like that where they're sitting waiting to ambush prey. So it's a lot easier to pinpoint where the fish are going to be. And they group up in the current like that. So if you get on them on one spot, you can catch your limit really quick, which is also something really cool about current fishing. So so when you're, you go up, you find current. Now you know you're, you're in your comfort zone because you've got current but it's a place you've never fished before. How are you finding the current breaks? Is it is it a visual thing? You're literally looking for a visual difference or is it more of you're looking on your electronics and finding a hump or a rock pile or something like that? And you know you got current, so you know they're probably behind that. Well, it can be a little bit of both. I like looking at it visually and seeing, you know, if you see a boil or something or a a seam line you can tell and then you can go with your electronics and graph over that and see that there's actually a rock down there that's making that boil but a lot of times i'm used to we go and fish a lot of those shallow like seams and stuff so you know anywhere where there's a creek mouth or a little group of rocks making a seam or a wing wall on a dam or something like that making a seam usually there's some fish around that kind of stuff good stuff man good stuff well and where's your home lake where do you where do you grow up uh, I grew up well, around the Coosa River, so Logan Martin and Mitchell and Lake, that, those, those are kind of my home lakes. Awesome, man. Yeah, I live, I'm not too far. I'm in Chelsea, so I'm not too far from Logan Martin and Lay. I was in Chelsea actually this morning doing a thing for King's Home with Randy Howell. Oh, awesome, man. That's great. Yes, sir. That is great. Well, we remember, me and Randy are a member of the same church, so that's good. I'm, I'm sure they that's were involved. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So have you been on Logan or, or Lay in the last little bit? I've been on Mitchell more than I've been on Logan and Lay. From Auburn, Mitchell's probably the closest out of those three. I know we're about to get on a break for school, so I'm definitely going to be going to Logan and Lay a lot. And I'm actually fishing the uh, Bassmaster Open on Lay Lake December 5th, so I'm going to be out there practicing a bunch for that. That's awesome, man. Good deal. How's Mitchell stack up? I mean, we know Lay is known on the Coosa as being really – 
great, and Logan Martin's uh, excellent as well. Yeah, I've been on Mitchell one time, and that was noodling catfish. That was not bass fishing. But we did catch a bunch of catfish that day and some big ones too. Really? Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't know if you know Hannah Baird and Jeff. Uh, uh, I've, yes, sir, I've heard of them. Yeah, that's who I was fishing with, noodling with down there. So we have a lot of fun. That's awesome. But yeah, I was just wondering uh, with the bass fishing, how's it stack up? Yeah, the bass fishing, it, yes, sir, it's been decent. They're, the fish are really spread out right now because it's fall. You can catch them shallow, you can catch them deep. The bait fish haven't moved completely back to the creeks yet. They're kind of just hovering out around the main river still. So it's kind of like, we need the water temperature to drop. We haven't had that real big cold snap to push them back. Fishing's decent right now. You can go catch them on jerkbait, topwater, stuff like that. If the current's running, you can run up the river and catch them. I'd say once we get that cold snap going, uh, the fishing's definitely going to turn on, and it's going to start getting really good once it gets colder. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, let's run back up to Kentucky Lake really quick. I wanted to get a little report from some of the lakes you've been on uh, lately, so I appreciate that. But I want to hear, and, and me and you had talked, uh, we've talked ahead of time, and, and I know that you won it two years in a row with a, you and a, partner, a different partner. But y'all basically, and we've had him on the show, and he's talked about this before, but he's talked about how y'all won this in the same little hole with the same bait, fishing the same way two years in a row. But you went up there this year, and uh, I'm sure you were hoping it was going to be the same condition and, and you could get back to that same little spot again that was so good for you. But that didn't turn out to be that way. No, uh, actually – the tournament's always been in August on Kentucky Lake. So first two years we did, we fished around the same area. We had to mix in a few different things uh, that second year to catch them. That was kind of a shallow water deal, chatterbait and uh, jig and stuff like that up shallow. But this year the tournament got postponed due to COVID. So we had to fish in October. Everybody knows Kentucky Lake in October is usually a topwater time. So we tied our hookless topwaters on in practice. We went up there about two weeks before we were cut off. And we went up there and ran flats and bars for miles and miles for five days until uh, we got a few bites. And wherever we'd get a bite, we'd mark it, and there'd be a couple more fish there. They'd get in little pods. So a couple of days before the tournament official practice, we kept our hooks off and we ran to those spots and narrowed in which spots still had fish on them. And some even had more fish that week than they did before. So... Oh, wow. That's kind of how we practiced. So what were you catching them on? Uh, we were catching them on spooks and rattle traps. Man. So just your, you know, natural shad colors, but dry king two-tap trap, and then whatever spook you wanted to throw, they would absolutely destroy it. So did y'all start off the tournament? Is it a three-day or two-day? It's a three-day. Three-day, okay. I mean, was it one of those things where you come out there day one and you throw a good weight up and you're like, okay, this could really happen again. I mean, where were you after day one weigh-in? After day one, we caught 22-2, which was the biggest bag of the tournament. We also oh, wow. caught the biggest bass of the tournament. We caught the biggest bass of the tournament that day, too. It was a 7-5 largemouth. So we y'all were leading big. early. <laughs> Yes, sir. We caught all those by, caught them all in five casts, about four minutes on one of our spots that we had just found in the tournament. We were fishing down this one stretch that I'd found in practice, and I looked down and saw 
saw a little something on the graph that looks pretty good. So we trolled down there and made five casts and caught 22 pounds really quick. And we went practicing for the rest of the day for the next couple of days. <laughs> you literally caught 22 pounds in five casts in four minutes in a national five championship casts. event. That is insane. Brother. I couldn't have picked a better day to do it <laughs> oh my gosh so then it just frees y'all up to go looking the rest of the day and getting ready for day two that is unbelievable what'd you do the second day second day we ran to that spot first thing we caught a four pounder actually we caught two four pounders and a three pounder <laughs> and then we uh, ran a few more of our other stuff we ended up having to run our backup plan and hit this school that we had found down down the lake and we ended up catching 17-5 with a combination of that first spot in that last school that we had. So day two, I mean, day three, you're starting day three. Are you still leading the tournament going into day three? Yes, sir. We were leading by 10 pounds. Good uh, gracious. After, yes, sir. After day one, we were we had 22-2 and second was 17. And then after day two, we were leading by 10 pounds. And then day three, we fished. It was really bad conditions, like in the 30s there was sleet too three to four foot waves with 25 mile per hour winds so oh my standing goodness straight up we actually got right out of the boat launch and you know there's just giant waves they were thinking about calling the tournament off is how bad it was and it uh so we ended up going down fishing one of our spots that we had found down the lake there was a huge mud line that blew in the fish had, weren't biting at that spot. so we had to go back up to our starting spot and we ended up catching two four pound smallmouth and that was the only ones we caught day three but we still won by 10 pounds i was gonna say you knew at that point though with those conditions you knew it was over that has to be a crazy feeling knowing you'd won it the two years before you got to be just sitting in the boat and really maybe even thankful for those bad conditions because you you know in your mind ain't nobody oh. going to 22 pound ain't nobody going to catch us now <laughs> in these conditions we were definitely blessed i thank the lord for letting us do that especially three times also my buddy Hayden that I fished with this year. I'm glad that I got to share it with him because to win a tournament like that is something that doesn't happen very often, you know, and I wanted him to experience that. It was pretty cool. Man, well, that is, that's incredible, brother. Well, Man, you get up here to uh, you get up here to layer Logan Martin, and you just uh, if you're by yourself and need somebody else to come get in the boat with you, I can drive over yes, there. Sir. I'm just letting you know you got my number, <laughs> and uh, I would I would love to get in the boat and spend the afternoon or spend the morning with you and 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 just get to know you. You're a very well spoken young man, and and I can tell you love the Lord, and, and and that's special, man. And and you're being blessed as well. And War Eagle to you, and we're going to continue to watch you out, and, and I'm sure I'll be hitting you up to be on the podcast again very soon. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. War Eagle, too. War Eagle, Tuck. All right, man. Good luck. Where are you going next? Where's the next tournament? We have this little college series we're starting. It's a little trail that we're fishing. I think the next one is at Eufaula pretty soon, so we're going to go to Eufaula next. Good deal, man. And you know Eufaula really well? I've been there a good bit of time since I moved up to Auburn. It's kind of in our backyard, so we get to go there all the time. I know a guy. I'm just saying, I know a guy. You do? <laughs> and, he is, and he is the man on Eufaula. In fact, he's sitting here That's texting right. me right now. Yeah. I'll, that'll be a different conversation. I'll, I'll hit you up on that. Awesome. 
All right, buddy. Sounds good, Tucker. Take care, man, and good luck to you on your fall and everything throughout the whole, the rest of your, your year and and your whole career. So we look forward to talking to you again soon, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Uh, absolutely. Talk to you next time. See you. All right. See ya. Man, that is an incredible young man. We love having him on here for the first time and look forward to having him more. And man, like I said earlier, when you, you won a national championship three years in a row in high school, that is, it ain't just luck anymore. And especially to win it by 10 pounds the third year on a three-day tournament. That's a special young man, and, and we wish him all the best and look forward to hearing from him again. But now let's go hear about some of these giant striped bass, and there's not a better guy than Michael Walker to have on the show to tell us what's going on at Smith Lake because I know if anybody's catching him, he is. Michael, what's going on, brother? Man, that's a tough act to follow. Three straight national championships. Man, I'm going to tell you what. This guy – He's at Auburn right now. This is his uh, first year at Auburn. He just went up and came in fourth in his very first collegiate tournament at Wheeler. He won this thing three years in a row, a national championship on Kentucky Lake. That's pretty strong. And they won it this past year by 10 pounds. Pretty incredible. Man, let's talk about the stripes. How you been, man? You've been fishing a lot? Yeah, fishing a lot. Uh, lakes turned over up on Smith. Uh, we're starting to have our top water coming in, and uh, our fish are finally raising up out of the deeper water and coming up higher in the columns, having a chance at some bigger fish on some free lines and planer boards on some bigger baits now that the water's cold a little. When they come up out of that deeper water, and these fish have been – up until now, they've been in what, 60, 70? Anywhere between 60 to 140 feet deep uh, on Smith for the summer. Uh, you might have some that have set in 50 in the morning time, but typically during the daytime, they're anywhere between 60 and 120. They can be deeper, but that's kind of our main range for the summertime. But now they're at the deepest 50, mostly sitting 30 to 40, but feeding high anywhere between 30 and 40 all the way to the surface so and so and i'm sure you fish and you just mentioned a little bit but your tactic obviously has to change when you're fishing that big of a depth difference is it that the fish are still have they moved up into just shallower water or are they just suspended at a different level in the deeper water still during this time of year uh, our fish kind of are in some transition fish that are going to go to the northern end and make the northern run to spend kind of the winter and the spring up north they're on the move headed up to the top of the lake right now other fish that are staying down in the south end that won't make the run they'll kind of stay in the south end and the south end creeks they've raised up in the column but they're just kind of hanging out in areas with with the depth they want, you won't typically find them. And let's say they're sitting at 40 feet. You're not going to find them just with 40 foot of water. Most of them are going to be around 40 through 120 foot water. But at the 40 foot depth, right. maybe early in the morning, they might be a little shallower. But they're still sitting off the edges, more in the channel, uh, more over the deeper water. And then choosing the feet a little bit higher right now. So when, when you made to commit to the shallows, that's yet. right. Hadn't moved it up up totally yet, and that'll be coming pretty soon. I, I'm assuming, but so yeah, in the next couple of weeks. So what are you catching them on right now again? 
What's your? I mean, we're we're downlining uh, herring. We, we're freelining bigger baits, uh, bigger shad. Starting to use some one, one and a half, two pound baits to try to get some of the bigger fish on big free lines wow. and planer boards. Wow. Yeah, that's a big bait. You're fishing for a big fish when you got a one I to mean, two pound. Yeah. I mean, 20 to 25 pound or eat a one pound bait without blinking. So, I mean, you are definitely going to cut out some of the smaller average fish that we catch on Smith. I mean, the average we're catching right now is around 16 to 18. So, that's a big we're fish. just shutting the door on a couple. Yeah, it's not a bad fish at all. And when you're going right now, I mean, y'all are, you're catching those 25 to 30. What's kind of the upper end of what you guys are catching now? Right now, it's around 30, 32, 33. We haven't been hitting any of the 40s yet. We really need another cold snap and kind of for it just to stay cool. Uh, the water's already turned and it's kind of hovering right at the edge of where we, we really want it to cool a couple more degrees, but then it's kind of stay from 65 through 50 for the rest of the winter when it gets below 50 they kind of dial down and start biting small bait and you can't really uh target just big fish at that point we just had a caller on up in pickwick uh, a, a crappie and bass guy and, and he was saying that he'll fish until around thanksgiving usually a little after up there that that water temperature will get below 50 and he said man when it gets below 50 i i, I kind of shut it down because the fish just aren't as aggressive and I, I go do other things for a while but it sounds like it kind of that that mark that makes a big difference well it just for us it changes how we fish like we right now we really want to target the big fish through the whole winter all the way into spring the only thing that will kind of hurt us a little is that once it does get below 50 we're going to have to use small bait they're still going to eat great but we're really going to have to change up what we're doing and how we're fishing for them Um, if we can ever we have that warm january it's big fish from now through april if we have that cold january an abnormal real cold january of alabama we'll be small bait in january coming out back to big bait in february and march mm-hmm. so it'll kind of split up our big fish season if we actually have a real winter man i'm thinking a 35 40 pound stripe i mean are y'all using like deep sea fish setups personally i do down rod and split out rods that we use average and uh, normal size bait on that are just 6500 uh 7000 Garcias. but on our bigger baits we're using trinidad's which are small tuna reel saltwater or we're using uh, toriums and a couple other saltwater reels just because every day to take that kind of abuse of catching 20 plus, you do need saltwater reels just to hold up on a day to day if up. you don't want to replace. Yeah, if you do. if you fish once in a blue moon, you don't need it. If you fish every day, it's better to buy saltwater equipment because it's made to hold up under more constant abuse than the freshwater gear. You're catching some really good fish right now, obviously. If somebody comes and goes with you, how many how many fish are y'all catching? Them? Right now, we're still limiting out with an average of four to five to six people catching a lot of fish. Now, what's um, we the limit? A, uh, limits two over per person of twenty two inches. Um, we can catch a lot under twenty two inches. The limit's insane on that. Uh, we never catch that. It's like a total of 13 fish per person. So you're talking you know, 70 plus fish in the box. We have some days where we could keep it, but we never catch that many unders. Every fish, we typically catch fish over 22 inches. So 
everybody leaves with their overs on a typical day. Now, if we're trying to catch bigger fish, that's going to, we're going to change up. You're not going to have where we're going to catch 22 fish on a trip or 23 or 24 keepers, whatever. We're going to be more like five or six big fish. What do you want to do? Do you want to catch a good amount of great size fish or do you want to catch truly big fish? We kind of take trailer to the trip to uh, what they're looking for. Wow, man, that'll be a lot of fun. I have got to come go with you sometime. No, the bite's good from uh, now through through all winter and spring. Again, kind of middle of January, if, if the water does dip under 50, we'll kind of do smaller baits and we'll have high number trips. Uh, but we won't just be targeting big fish at that point. What time of day are you catching? What's the best I mean, time? Is it all throughout the day, or is it still an early morning? I know before when we've talked to you, I mean, shoot, sometimes you'd be fishing at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right now, can, you can catch them throughout the day. We got out of the summer, and they kind of come up. I mean, we still have, are going to have our peak bite times where right now, 5.30 through 9.30 is really good uh, in the morning. And then 10 through four we're going to catch them but it's not just a wide open window you might come across four or five groups before you find one that's going to feed where in the morning we seem to catch you know go on four or five groups that are ready to eat prime bite time still going to be morning afternoon and then you know around the moon it's going to be kind of late at night midday it's going to kind of stick with that until we kind of cool off again and the bite window is pretty aggressive through the whole fall Later Heck yeah. Well, how's this year stacking up for you compared to other years in the past? I know we've talked to other people and that are at Lake Martin and, and Stripe guys and, and Bass guys as well, but they're, they seem to be, everybody seems to be really excited about these heron and what they've done to the, the fishery as far as the size of the fish they're seeing. Basically, a lot of lakes, Smith Lake, for instance, needed a bait source that was, uh, overpopulated and the bait was getting outsourced smaller every year without that Smith Lake would have been just another lake that people passed up again and again uh it had a reputation for having tons of bass but just real small just pound and pound and smaller just everywhere and uh without blueback herring it, <laughs> it wouldn't be producing you know Four pound spots, three pound wolf packs everywhere. Um, bigger, bigger spots than that, but uh, you can definitely see a change in our lake and uh, the size of the fish and the growth rate. It, it, it's the same holds true with the striped bass as well. They're just, they're just, but they're getting bigger. Yeah, if you look, um, you know, the older fish, people are like wanting to see a lake record coming out sooner. But I mean, the older fish, they don't put on a, the weight as fast in right. their younger years, so. They've ate on the herring, and they've benefited from it. But where you really see it is the younger fish. Uh, they're shorter. They're fatter. You can see the thickness in their tails compared to the ones that we caught 10 years ago where they were having to swim all day just to eat something. These don't move. They move very little to eat. So they pack on a lot more weight. They're a lot thicker. You can definitely see a difference in shape on the ones that have actually grown up for eight, nine years now and had that in their diet compared to the ones that really had to swim nonstop to eat. Right, right. So, they had to work hard and burn a lot. That, yeah. Yeah. They stayed slender. That their, their tails never got as thick. Their bellies got fat in the springtime, but they really slacked out in the summer where these fish, 
they don't lose their whole body in the summer. They they might slender down just a little, but they still got body. They still got a little thickness. They in the bass, especially, they're fat. They eat good all year. So you just don't have a where they have to come back so much from the the bad summer and right. summer beating them down in the night. Okay. You know, I had somebody ask me the other day, they were like, shad have always been in those lakes. I mean, shad have been in them forever. And then, like you said, Smith Lake already had shad in it. And shad's a, a big food source and, and they're very prolific, but you didn't see what you're seeing now and with the four pound spots and, and even bigger, but what is it about the heron, the blueback heron that made that? Why has it changed the lake? I mean, is it just that they're, they're not, they're sheer numbers. They're higher protein. Let's just say pound for pound. They're higher protein, better food source than a shad. For me, it's, Again, the the lakes 25 years ago when bass introduced catch and release, I don't think they they didn't really comprehend that nobody was going to keep any. They never saw that not anywhere going to be taken out of the lake. So at a point, we have basically you know, overpopulated a lot of our lakes by not taking a certain amount of the fish out. Well, the shad reproduce once a year. They couldn't keep up with the production rate of the overpopulation with the fish. So basically, the hearing, they had multiple spawns in a year. Their numbers are insane. So they can take the hit of an overpopulated lake because they produce a they rate. Can keep up. They can yeah. keep up with it. Wow, yeah. beautiful. Well, man, that is good stuff. I appreciate it. It sounds like that things are really good up there right now, and y'all are obviously catching the fish, and it's only going to continue to get better over the next few weeks, and we'll see what happens with cold weather in January. But if somebody wants to book a trip with you, uh, it's a great time to do that right now, it sounds like. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you, Michael? They can give us a call at 205-503-2020 or check out our website www.fishing247-godservice.com man that's awesome brother well we appreciate you being on as always and i look forward to having you on again soon man keep catching them big fish and hey if you got some pictures text me some pictures you got my phone i want to i want to see what you're doing out there okay yeah i'll send them to you this evening. that sounds good man i appreciate it buddy thank you and we'll talk to you again soon all right have a go all right you too Man, that is uh, another great report out of Smith Lake. You know, it's so cool that uh, here across our state with the different species, you've got a bass report that is is really bad right now uh, with small mouth. But you can go just move over a little bit to a different lake and target a different species, and he's catching the crap out of them. So it's a great time to be on the lake with other species. So we've we've got so many options in this state. Man, get out there, experience what God's given us. Uh, we're blessed to have, and and go fishing, and good luck to you. And that is going to be a wrap for today's show. Please subscribe. Y'all do this. This is pretty cool, and it's easy. Uh, you can subscribe, and you can rate us and drop us a review, which is always appreciated. Uh, and you can do that wherever you listen to the podcast. But if you'd like us to email you the podcast, we can do that every single week where you don't have to go look it up. And all you have to do to subscribe to that is text 
fishing to 646-495-9867. Again, text the word fishing to 646-495-9867. Man, we'll send you an email with the podcast each and every week. So we appreciate it, guys. Look forward to talking to y'all again next week and checking in. And hopefully the report, like we always hope, it's going to be good, but it may be ugly. Talk to y'all next time. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and, and give Norman a call. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. Check out You Do Outdoors on your app store, Google Play. It's a social media app for whatever you you do outdoors. This episode was brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344.